Well, I want to thank, thank, thank uh, my children in long standing, uh, the newer ones, the older ones, the younger ones. But uh, I just was thinking as I was uh, listening to Kenny and Kai minister uh, when I first saw their faces years ago. <laughs> and, you know, we're still here. Yeah. That's, that's what you call covenant. That's called covenant. And, uh, and Stephanie, I can um, picture her in another place at another time. You know, it's covenant. It's covenant. And uh, Darrell, you just belong to me, okay? You just, you just mine, whether you know it or not. And just uh, so many precious people. My eyes are falling on right now. You, right here. Love you, love your mom. Yeah, just God is good. God is good. And what can we say about Pastor Daryl and Pastor Teresa? I am so grateful to be the mother of saved children. Yes, 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 yes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. I didn't say rich children or cute children. I said saved. And then the God would bless my children to marry saved partners. Amen. That uh, I didn't get the devil for a son-in-law. Amen. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm grateful. And I mean, I may not be shouting and jumping up down, but I, you have no idea the depth of my gratitude, okay? That my children and my children's children would confess. And, and that is an answer to my prayer because I've been praying that for years. Lord, bless my children. Lord, bless my children's children. May all the generations of my family pro proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. And you need to pray that over your children. You need to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, bless my children and bless my children's children. May all the generations of my family confess Jesus as Lord, okay? We don't need no Muslims and Hindus and other folks, you know, and unbelievers and atheists and agnostics, you know. We just need those who are not only going to confess Christ, but be bold enough to live it. Because you got to be bold. You have to be bold to live this thing now and live this thing. Um, so I know that our time is short this morning, but I do, there is a word from the Lord. So uh, we are talking about building community. And I um, really um, am talking to Pastor, Pastor Darrell and I have been talking, and I'm really just, uh, I th just really so, um, uh, so drawn to the book of Acts when we talk about building community. Because uh, many of you may know uh, who have had some uh, experience or some knowledge of church history will understand that the book of Luke and the book of Acts are one book. It's like Acts 1 and Acts 2, actually. Uh, Luke is considered one of the synoptic gospels, but it is a gospel. But not only is it a gospel, but it, it is the gateway to the church, to the establishing of the first century church. Because, you know, when Jesus was on earth, you know there was no church. 
okay? Jesus was not a pastor. Jesus was an evangelist, okay? He went about winning souls, okay? And he said, but Peter, after I'm gone, after the evangelistic work is over, we're going to establish a church, okay? And upon you, upon this rock, you are going to, I'm going to build my church, amen? Uh, and, and, you know, I want to deal with Peter sometime, and, and perhaps that Pastor Daryl and I can do some uh, um, character studies because Peter was the most unlikely, okay, leader of a, of a church. Uh, but God picked him, singled him out, uh, and I really believe God did that so that he could get the glory. So no man could say, you know, well, I was qualified, and that's why I'm here. You know, uh, Peter was the most unqualified, but God used him, and he used him mightily. But today, I want to talk about this uh, first century church and how it came into being. Amen? I want to talk about how the community of Jesus Christ was built. Amen? How it was established. And so uh, I want you to go to Acts with me. Uh, the first first chapter uh, and the fourth verse and um, and we're going to remember we're talking about community that is the theme that is where we're going is that right Pastor Teresa is that what we're talking about is that is that we're talking about what, what do we say about community what's our word about it? we're building godly community building godly community okay so we got to know uh, what that looks like what the process is so if you ever get to the place where you say Mm, you know, how is this working? You know, so how is this working for you? It may be a part of the process that you missed or didn't understand that was a part of building God's community. Amen? So it says this in, ch in chapter Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, And being assembled together, he instructed them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait, await the promise of the Father, that which you heard of me. Now, are you there with me? Uh, I don't know which translation uh, you may be uh, looking at, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to read from uh, uh, New King James. It says, and being assembled together with them, this is Jesus and his disciples, um, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, okay, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. You've heard this from me, okay? Now, this is important. They were assembled together. They were assembled together. And this is what I want you to understand. When people are assembled together, doesn't mean that they are together. Did you hear what I said? People can be assembled together, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are together, okay? So in this beginning, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, they assembled, okay? They were in the pl one place at the same time together, but it doesn't mean that they were together, okay? Because look at their reaction to what he says. Because verse 5, this is what Jesus, this is Jesus talking. Do y'all see that red print if you have it in your Bible or whatever kind of technology you're using? But it's in red. It means Jesus is talking, okay? Listen to what he's saying to the assembly, okay? To those who are assembled together. He says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What did he tell them was going to happen? They were going to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus told me that I was going to be baptized from the Holy Spirit, give me your response. What would, you, what would your response be to that? Yes. Right. Wouldn't somebody say, well, what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, 
Yeah. What, what would you say? Uh, Jesus, I'm, we're going to be baptized of the Spirit. What would you say? What is the Spirit? Okay, what is the Spirit? I would be asking, okay? Or, or yeah, cool. Bring it on. You know what I mean? If you say that's what's going to happen. It, now, isn't that what the response should be? Look at the response. Verse 6. Therefore, they that, ca- that had come together, say come together. They were all together they that had come together they asked him saying lord will you at this time not later on at this time restore the kingdom of israel what did that have to do with what he just said okay they are under roman domination they thought that jesus had come to free them physically and politically from Roman domination and establish a free state of Israel. And now he is telling them, okay, y'all, I'm out of here, but the Holy Spirit is coming, and when he comes, he's going to baptize you. Well, wh- well, hold up, Jesus. Hold up, Jesus. Hold up, Jesus. Before you go, I got a question to ask you. When are you going to restore Israel? What does that tell you? It tells you that they are not on one that they are together, but they are not. Oh, y'all are getting this. Y'all are good students. Y'all are good students. So even, so, so, so watch this, watch this. Even though, even though we are now 2,000 years from that place, you understand what I'm saying? Even then, even back then, with the master himself in the room, with all of them together, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are on one Oh, yeah. Okay. We're talking about building God a community, right? To build a God a community, you have to be on. So Jesus is there with the people that he has walked for for how many years? Three years. Okay. He has been with them. They have seen him raise folks from the dead. They have seen him heal people. He's seen him put money out of a fish's mouth. He's seen him do all kind of stuff. They've seen him be crucified. They've seen him raised from the dead. And they said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We have a question. You know, uh, yeah, we have a question. Can we take a vote in here? Because that, that's what they would have done at that point, okay? So understand that building a godly community is a constant struggle, okay? It's not something that happens immediately overnight. And so he says to them, and Jesus said when they asked him that question, he said to them, Y'all are working my nerves. You see that verse there, verse there, in verse 6, 6C. Not 6A, 6B, but 6C. You see that, right? Okay. Anyway, verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And I imagine he says this with much attitude. Okay? I don't think he said, look, it's not for you to know. I think he said, you know what? I just got off that cross. You understand what I'm saying? Do you see my hands? Do you know what I went through? Had to go down to hell, get everybody out of hell, come back, get up, fight it. And now, don't you, don't you try me. Don't, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm, I've kind of had it. You know, this is the last few minutes I got with y'all. Don't do this. Has somebody ever worked your last nerve? That's what happens when you are not on one. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Go with me, go with me. And he said to them, as nicely as he possibly could, 
Because, see, when you're reading the scriptures, you not only have to know who is speaking, what is speaking, why they're saying, you got to get into the atmosphere, okay? You got to get into the atmosphere of what is being said. And he says, you know what? That, that's, not, that's, that's not for you to worry about, okay? Because that's not what's on the table right now. That's not the discussion that we're having right now. We're having the discussion about the Holy Spirit. And he says this, and he said to them, it's not for you to know, verse 8, but you will receive power. Oh, my God. You, I mean, when you talk about, you know, I, I don't have time. I don't have time. This is a short message. Oh, but if I could just deck that one word and get into the power of God, that one lightning rod can, and can light 200,000 bulbs, just one, and that's just one little lightning rod coming down from a heavenly, just think about, just, you can, no, you can't imagine, you can't even, you can't even, you can't even, you can't even imagine. And he says, and you shall receive power. See, because the church without power, cannot, I mean, it, can't, it couldn't have survived. It, it took power. He said, you should receive power when the Holy Spirit, and I love, see, I like the old Bibles where it says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be, he said, listen, don't worry about when, about Israel and when you're going to restore it. He said, this is your job. This is your assignment. This is what the ministry here is going to do. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. And then he was out. Okay? He was out. Okay? So he said, now, we, we thought he came to restore Israel break us free from Roman domination. And now he's telling us that our job is to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, out of those parts of the earth. Do I want to be a member of this church or not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this, is this really the kind of ministry that, you know, that, you know, that I really need to be flown with, you know? Because that's what people do. Amen. You know, they hear the vision of the church, and then they're like, I don't know. You know, oh, I wish I had time, but I don't. Anyway, okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's one in four. Now, if you are going to build a godly community, you have to think in terms of a body, okay? Now, um, Grace, where are the little ones? Grace, I want you to... She sleep? Okay. You, you're little. Come here. I want to teach you a new word. Okay? Come on. Because is Grace awake? I'm teaching a new word. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Teach a new word. New word. Okay? You want to learn a new word? Okay. Because one of these days, maybe I'll be the one fortunate enough to do it, but one of these days I'm going to take you to the, uh, any more babies in here? Any, where, where's, where's, uh, where's your son? Where's Sean? Oh, he went, he's gone? Okay. All right. Uh, you want to learn a new word? Okay, the new word that I'm going to teach you is homeostasis. Can you say that? Let's say it real loud. Homeostasis. 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 Can you say, oh, very good. Can you say homeostasis? Say homeostasis. Homeostasis. Come on, Grace. Are you not awake? You can't say homeostasis? Huh? She said it. Can you say it? No? Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> But you said a homeostasis. You wanna, can you want to say it? 
Do you want to say it? Okay, homeostasis. You got to say it so everybody can hear you, okay? Homeostasis. Say it. Homeostasis. A little louder. Louder, so I can hear. I can't hear you. Homeostasis. Homeo. Homeostasis. <laughs> now, can you say, I have homeostasis? I have homeostasis. Can you say, I have homeostasis? I have homeostasis. Yes. Yeah. It means that I'm feeling fine. Right. That my body is working fine. When you feel good, you are in homeostasis. Say homeostasis. Homeostasis. So when your mommy says to you, how do you feel today? What are you going to say? I feel homeostasis. Yeah. There you go. Can you say it? Homeostasis. Yes, it means very good. Okay, you can see. Okay, that means that your temperature is 98.6. Okay, you can go, okay. Your temperature's <laughs> 98.6. Your temperature's 98.6. Your blood pressure's 120 over 60, 70, whatever, okay. 80, is that what it's supposed to be? Okay. That everything, your eyesight's working, your air, that the body is in balance. Now, what happens is our body is full of sensors, Okay, so whenever we get out of homeostasis or out of balance, the body works to bring it back into balance. So when you go into the hot sun and it gets really, really hot outside, um, your body says, I've got to bring the temperature down because the sun is bringing the temperature out. So your sweat glands begin to produce sweat to cool the body. It is the job, the sweat glands then has an assignment to cool the body. The sweat glands have an assignment to cool the body. They have to get together and say, this is what the body needs. Our job now is to make the body sweat, amen? So when you are running and you're running fast and now you need more oxygen for your muscles to maintain homeostasis so they don't cramp up and stop moving, now your lungs have the job, okay? Now I know your lungs may be busy, they may have you know, something happening in their personal life or they may have you know, uh, you know, job assignments, you know, whatever, whatever, but right now the body needs the lungs to give it more oxygen, amen? To give it more oxygen because because guess what? If the body fails, the lungs will fail. Don't you understand? If you don't do your part in the body, you are taking yourself down with the body, okay? Now, you, the lungs can't say, oh, well, I was busy, so then now they stretched out. Let me find another body to be in. Not when you are in covenant. Not when you know that God has assigned you to something. See, this is a generation we like to walk away. When things get difficult, we like to walk away. Now, let me tell you something. I have been married, you know, for quite a while. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, it, uh, there have been times where there's been, never been any um, police reports filed in my house so far. Okay. I've never taken legal action, you know, thought about it many times. Okay. You know. But um, I remember when I told Charles that I was leaving, he said, oh, okay, where are we going? You know, because he said, wherever you go, that's where I'm going, okay? So the thing is, it is easy to quit. It is so easy to leave because culturally, they, we have given this generation permission to leave anything. 
okay? There are no more people that stayed on their job for 20 years, 25 years, and got their plaque, and they're, you know, retirement, and their gold watch, whatever. You know, that's, that's over, okay? Oh, you paying a little more? Oh, this is a little closer to home? Oh, that's where that, all the cute guys work? I'm switching jobs, okay? You know, people just flip and flop and whatnot and whatnot and whatnot. So look what it says. Let me, let me get back to this message because I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. It says this. It says uh, um, that in the, up, it says the upper room, verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12. And it says that they, verse 12, returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, because that's where they saw Jesus going away, okay, um, which was near Jerusalem. So somehow they managed to get their stuff together enough that they all did agree to go back to Jerusalem. At least they agreed to do that, because they could have parted company right then. As soon as he's out of sight, I'm out of here, okay? You know, but anyway, they all ended up going back to Jerusalem uh, after they left the Mount of Olives, verse 13. And when they had entered, they, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, these are all the church members, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication the, uh, with the Mary with with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers so it says in verse 15 and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples all together the number of names was about 120 about 120 people so here they are 120 church members and somehow they have gone from being together to being on one accord. Now, let's see, let's see. It says they were together, assembled together in verse 4. It goes all the way down to uh, um, verse, uh, uh, what does it say? Verse uh, 14. So from somewhere between verse 14, four, I mean, verse four and verse 14, somehow they went from being together to being on one accord. Okay. Now I want to, I want, want to, want to get with that, with that slide. I want you to sing Amazing Grace for me, right? Just start singing it. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now was lost, but now. They are singing the same song, but they are not on one accord. But somehow, eh, somehow, 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 somewhere between the time where they had the meeting with Jesus and the time they end up in Jerusalem, they have figured out, okay, that this ain't working, okay, that we have to get into one harmonious, balanced, tempoed body for anything to work. And I mean, and this is, this is, this is, I mean, this was a task. This was a process for me and my husband to get on one accord. It was a process. I'm telling you, a anybody married in here? What, 
What was the process? Was it, did you go through a process of getting to the place of not, she said, I'm still going through the process. I see it on your face, girl. I read your mind. I'm still in the process, girl. I'm still trying to sing, sing with this brother. I met I am too. Amen, amen. So I understand. If you understand family, if you understand relationships, if you understand marriage, then you understand that one accord is not something that happens instantly. It is a long, difficult process of people doing two things constantly. It, this is what I like. You don't miss this word. It says they continued on one accord. It meant that it was over and over and over again. Two things they had to keep doing. They had to keep forgiving and they had to keep giving to make a relationship work you have to give and you have to forgive now let me tell you something that i know about people when they have not forgiven you they're not gonna give you okay i'm i'm serious about that you, you now i i, I was at a, a part of a church one time and um the pastor uh Tick the people off. I mean, real bad. He did something that they really, really didn't like. And it was one of those big uh, times when they do those special offerings in the year, you know. And uh, these people, I don't know who came up with this or who plotted or schemed, but they turned in envelopes with their names on them and no money inside. Okay? Put their name, address, phone number, email, everything, and a zero and passed it in the plate. If person has not forgiven you, they will not give to you. And, I, and I'm just using a church as an example, okay? For a husband knows if she has not forgiven you, she ain't giving you. That's, that's real, okay? <laughs> she not giving you if she has not forgiven you, okay? And so, so what does he do? He comes and gives her flowers. He gives her. He, give, he gives and gives and gives because he's trying to get forgiven. You understand what I'm saying? He's trying to get forgiven so that he can get what he was to give. Amen. You're trying to get five given, not forgiven, five given. The thing is, the thing that separates us from the world is that the world has set an example of do the walk away. Just do the walk away. Who walked away this week? Who walked away last week? Who quit who? Who divorced who? Who broke up with who? I mean, it's just almost natural. And so if that is the cultural norm, there has to be something that separates the body of Christ from the world system. There has to be a discipline. There has to be, he said, you have need of endurance and after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. You need endurance to do this thing. I mean, we need to just, you know, uh, you know what? I don't know what it is, but you know, Charles's children, from his first marriage, I have children. Now explain this to me. Why do they 
had their mail sent to our house. I just, I don't understand that. Because we ain't moving. We ain't moving. You understand me? Mama and daddy gonna be right there. Okay, like Jesus. So we the P.O. box, okay? We, we, don't, we don't know, well, we might have to move over here, but we want to make sure. So they just send it. And so as older parents, we know, okay, that when your kids move, they're going to send the mail to your house, okay, because they don't know where they might be. So the point is, I'm really serious, okay? So the point is, we need to do our best to establish stability and staying so that we look different from the world, okay? We looked at, I've, I've, I've had so many single mothers that I've had to minister to over the years, moving into this apartment ne this week, next month they move. Somewhere. I said, you know what? Your kids, you're ruining their childhood. They're gonna say, is that the street we grew up? No, we grew up over here, no. Well, I think we grew up in, you know, no, we grew up in the valley, no, we grew up, you know, they, they don't know where they grew up. I can point to the house where I grew up, it's still there. Okay, that's where I grew up. My kids can point to the house where they grew up. They can say, oh, mama, we going by 59th place. That's where I grew up. That's right, stability. So we need to practice stability. We need to practice and understand that being on one accord is a process. It does not happen instantly, okay? You have to go through it to get to it, amen? So they are on finally on what they continuing in verse one on one accord. It says, where am I? 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 Okay. Verse 14. And they continued on one accord and it was a whole bunch of them. And up in this room, and if you ever been up in a room with a whole bunch of people having meetings and stuff and decide who's going to replace Judas, who is the betrayer. And, you know, they went to a vote on that and all that kind of people think they didn't vote in church. Oh, they voted. Okay. <laughs> they, they drew lots and the whole thing, but they're going through all of these different things. But what is happening, they are rubbing off on one another. And you know what? I'm telling you, I have some friends. I mean, really, that are really, I think they're certifiably insane. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, you know, they, they really have issues, okay? I mean, and I have some too, okay? But at least I know what kind of crazy they are, okay? I don't need any unknown crazy in my life right now. I know what kind of crazy Juanita is, okay? I know what kind of crazy Janet is. They know what kind of crazy I am. That's all right, that's all right. I know what kind of crazy Charles is, okay? He knows what kind of crazy I am. I mean, really, I'm serious, okay? I, I have issues, okay? He has issues, okay? That make me wonder, is he all right? Does he need to see somebody? Does he need counseling? What is wrong with him, okay? But <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Give me some sugar, baby. But you know what? Everybody got some crazy in them. You understand what I mean? But it's, it's better to know what kind of crazy you're dealing with than to be trying to go somewhere else and now you got to deal with some other kind of crazy that you got to get to understand, get to process, get to cry, fight, go through. I'm tired of all that. But there ought to be a difference in how we, how we press, go through the process of becoming on one accord because it is everybody's goal to be on one accord with somebody. Nobody wants to be out there. 
it is, I mean, really, it is your goal. Whether you're, a, if you're a single person, I'm finding somebody I can just flow with, okay, that I'm comfortable with, okay? If you're married, to, I'm just finding somebody I can get along with. And it might be just you and your kids. You know, I wish they would stop so we could just get, why can't we all just get along? Nobody really sets out for a fight unless you got some issues, and there are some people with issues. They need counseling, amen? Okay, I'm, I'm just about finished because I don't have time to really do this, uh, and, and that's okay too, all right? Uh, but chapter 2, it says this, And on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, Pentecost Pente, 50 days after um, after the uh, Passover celebration, um, the Jews had to go to Jerusalem four times a year. This was the feast of, uh, uh, of Pentecost uh, that they celebrated, uh, bringing in the harvest and that sort of thing, 50 days after, uh, after, um, after the Passover, amen? So the day of Pentecost. And it says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Ooh, I, this is a message right here. One place, one accord. Say that with me. One place, one accord. Amen? That's where they were. And suddenly there came a sound. It was a sound from heaven that was like a mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Amen? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit cannot do the work that he needs to do until we get on one accord. And, and see, the thing is, this is the whole thing. If you are looking for God to do a certain thing within the body that you are connected to, as long as you are fighting, you understand what I mean? The Holy Spirit cannot come in. It says when they are one on one accord, the Holy Spirit said, now, now I have access to them. See, if two or three touch and agree on anything, he says, I will be in the midst. I'll, I'll be in the mix. Amen. But as long as there is discord, meaning that you are playing different singing on different temples, times and things, thinking different things, I can't work. So for those who are in the body who say, well, why aren't we doing this? And why are we doing this? And why isn't that happening? Why did you better get together and say, you know what? If I want the why to happen, then I'm going to have to, you know, see, let me tell you something. Charles and I were going to the Bahamas on our vacation in October. Amen. And right before we got ready to leave, some stuff went down. And I said, you know what? I can get in a fight with him and ain't nobody going to the Bahamas. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Or I can just, you know what I'm saying? Leave us alone. Pick my battles so that I can get to go where I'm trying to go. You understand what I'm saying? So even though I was like a little not happy, I got happy. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I said, that don't matter. I'm on my way to the Bahamas, okay? And I plan to get there, so I'm not picking no fight. I'm not bringing nothing up. We can discuss this when we can get back, okay? I'm going to the Bahamas. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
If you want God to move, if you want to do something, then you got to stop fighting and you got to start talking. You got to start saying and you got to do it in the spirit of love, in the spirit of wanting the Holy Spirit to come. Because if you turn it into a fight where the deacons bring their pistols to church, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, and they start, you know, and this group gets, this, you know, the Jones family is getting some Madison family, you know, and all that. And I've seen it. And the people, they, they will come into church and shoot you these days, okay? Just blow the piece or pass away. Boom! Okay? Well, I don't, don't think the Holy Spirit's going to come into that, okay? So, but the point is, if you want him to come in, you have to be determined to do two things. And if you don't do it in this church, and you're going to need to do it in your personal life, you have to be willing to give and forgive. Continuously giving and forgiving. Because none of us are perfect. It says that when the Holy Spirit came in, there was a sound. And that sound was like, what? What was the sound like? Anybody know what it was? It was a, now we know that the spirit is like a wind. Amen. He's, he, it says he's like a wind. It says the Holy Spirit came in like a, it wasn't a wind. It didn't blow anybody around. It just had the sound of the wind. Now in John three, it says this, it says that Jesus said to Nicodemus, he says, the wind blows where it wants to blow. Nobody knows where it's going to come. Nobody's going. He says, and that's what the Holy Spirit is like. He's like a wind. Amen. So now if he comes in like a mighty rushing wind, not a little, when he comes in full force, amen. And the sound of it. See, let me tell you something. Sound is a powerful thing. Sound is, is more powerful than we recognize because we're not conscious of it. Because a loud sound can, uh, it can really trigger your brain to stop whatever you were thinking about and focus on that sound. Amen? It, sound is powerful. It is so powerful, it says this, that Je the people walked around the wall of Jericho. And they were quiet. And then he says, now, he says, I want you to do, what was it, seven days? I want you to shout. I want you to send out a sound. And when the sound, let me tell you something. That sound was a sound of people on one accord. And it brought the walls down of the city. Because the sound that the enemy heard caused that wall to just fall down. Gideon put an army together. It was a big army. It was a big army. God said, you don't need all that. You don't, you don't need all that big army. You him, him, him. If, he's, if he drinks this way and that one drinks it, then you pick them. And now they are fighting against an army. It said it was a sea of people of horses, of camels, of chariots, of everything. And Gideon had 300 folks with him, okay? Ain't no way they're going to win. But they went to the edge of the camp, camp took some pictures, and, some, and start, made a sound. And God magnified the 
the sound and the army scattered and ran, stopped killing each other because they heard a sound. Let me tell you something. It's a powerful thing when there is a sound from heaven that comes in and shakes your house. Amen. But you will not, you, and you will recognize the sound. Oh, let me tell you something. You will hear it. You will feel the power of it. It will get your attention. It'll draw you to one place, to one vision, one purpose. Amen. He says, when you get on one accord, when y'all come together, and it's really interesting. It says, one more scripture, one more. I'm going to give you this because you're going to need this. Oh, where's my little, uh, and, and, well, I know where it is anyway. It's 242, Acts 242. It says that they were together, and they came together. Uh, let, me, let me make sure. Was it 42? It's 42? Yeah. And they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to koinonia. It says fellowship. It's koinonia is the word fellowship or having things in common. And from common, we get the word community. It is the first time that the word fellowship or koinonia or community is mentioned. It is after the Holy Ghost fell on the people. Amen. And they were on one accord and they continued working together, working through things, working things out in koinonia, in fellowship, having everything in common. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to do things. I want to challenge you, first of all, to forgive. Okay? Ain't nobody perfect. I know I'm not. If I've offended you, forgive me, okay? And and we said go to him, tell him, say you know what? But you gotta you gotta come in love, okay? You gotta come in love. That that same that same church that I was telling you about, where people sent the envelopes in with you know, uh, I saw that pastor get up the next Sunday. He says, you know what? I offended a lot of people, and I'm gonna stand in this aisle, and whoever I offended. I want, I want to say I'm sorry, and I want you to forgive me, and everything. And then the people start giving again. Amen? So I'm just saying this, that if there is an offense, the thing is that you have to work on, and this is wherever you go. You have to work on being on one accord. You have to be continuously forgiving, continuously giving continuously continuously it's a process and you need to do that god has a plan for this body amen. he has a plan for this body amen he has a plan for this body right here and right now and there's no reason why you can't hear that sound from heaven that brings you into a place of power he says you shall receive power after the holy ghost has come upon you the sound that they had heard was a release of god's power it's right here it's right i mean it's so close i could just reach out and touch it but there's the process that you have to be willing to continue in i want to challenge you today i want to challenge you two things i want to challenge you first of all to give something sacrificially 
okay? I want you to give something sacrificial. I know that there's all kind of stuff in your head about this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. But it really is about being on one accord. It's about the process of giving and forgiving. I promise you that if you do this in this place, that it will rebound in that place. And I don't know what that place is, okay? But this is something that you need to do. It is a commitment, amen, to give and forgive in every area of your life. Because let me tell you something. Right now, there may be something that is being withheld from you because you are withholding, amen? So I, I want you, I want you right now, just, uh, I want, want to, to worship him right now because this is an act of worship. And there are two things that I want you to do. And you can do them simultaneously. You can do them... Uh, however you want to do it. But I want you to make a, a commitment to forgive. Start over. Let's go to page one. It's, 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 it's year two. Amen? Because I know when Charles and I arrived at the Bahamas, it was raining, and Freddie Jackson was playing. <laughs> and whatever I was mad about, I couldn't even remember. Okay? It went far away. Do you hear me? I don't even remember. So I'm just telling you, I'm just saying, you know, that forgiveness can be easy. And I'm telling you, that whole giving and forgiveness process, okay? I mean, it can, it can bring some harmony and some peace. And all of a sudden, some doors will open up. And God will give you some things that you weren't expecting. He will surprise you. Everybody gets something. And if you don't have something in your hand, borrow a dollar. But put something in. This is a praise offering. Okay? Look, just borrow a dollar. Say, mama, daddy, cousin, neighbor, somebody. If you don't have nothing to give, here's some $1 bills. You can take one and give it. Amen? But, and, and, I, want, and I, want, I want this to be a walk-around offering. Amen? I want you to, would, sister, would you bring the, um, bring the, I want you to stand up here. We're gonna we're gonna do a couple of things now. We're 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 going to we're going to do communion. We're gonna do communion, and the Bible says if you have ought against your brother, you don't need to take communion. So so this is a time. This is a free time right now in Hillel. This is a free time. This is a I'm sorry time. Let's start over again. You know, I, I, I was holding this against you, but I'm letting it go. I want to start over. I want us to be on one accord. I want to see the power of God fall in this place. So I want everybody to do a walk around. Amen? Do a walk around. There's something on your chest, something bothers you. Just take a minute and talk to somebody and say, you know what? Um, I had a little attitude going, but I'm over it. Me included. Because let me tell you something. I don't want nothing to stand between me and my blessing. I don't want nothing standing between me and my blessing. Okay? And sometimes, you know, God has to show me. He says, you know, you never forgave so-and-so. You never did. And I said, oh, I sure didn't, did I? You know what I mean? So that might be standing between me and my blessing. Okay? So just, just as you feel, as you're led, just come around. And the offering. 
Be a blessing this morning. This is the two-year anniversary. Be a blessing. And we're going we're gonna to leave that. We're coming up front, unless they're going to the kiosk there.